Greetings, Earthlings! Hey now! This is Chris Latori, and you're listening to Issue 7 of Sunspots Comics, our podcast where we talk about all kinds of things comic books. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for following me on Sunspots Comics on Instagram and Twitter. And thank you for looking at my website, sunspotscomics.com, every so often. Eventually it's going to have thousands, thousands, thousands of comic books to buy, so please check that out soon. I'm your host, Chris Latori, and today... We have a special co-host, Justin Latori. Yo! What's up, uh, Justin? Nothing much. What's going on? Not a whole lot, I guess, but we're about to get into that. Uh, we have so much stuff to get into on this podcast. We we get we got some feel-good comic book stories. Uh, Justin and I talk about Southern Bastards, which is a great comic. I jumped in the uh, into the party a little late, but they're up to issue number nine, and we recap those. We got comic book news and headlines. We quickly jump into the world of AI. We go into the mailbag, we talk a little bit about Jurassic World and the Ant-Man trailer, and then the top five comic book picks of the week. So let's get right into it, Justin, shall we? Let's do it. So first off, we're going to talk about some feel-good comic book news stories. The first one comes from the Calgary Sun. These guys had a comic book store out there, and they were robbed. 70% of their merchandise was stolen as thieves broke in and stole their merchandise in this comic book store in Calgary. What a bummer, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I hope they catch this guy. That just that's it's uncalled uncalled for, man. Like just ruining somebody's hobby. And there's no word of them catching this thief that broke into this comic book store in Calgary. But the owner, who says he lost seventy percent of his inventory, asked comic book artists if they would get together for a little fundraiser to kind of replenish his supplies. And like twenty comic book artists and writers appeared for this event that happened on June sixth. So it turned out really well. I can't wait to hear a follow-up story as to how he was able to put his business back together. And that just made me feel good that the community of, you know, people in comic books community stuck together, helped this guy out when he was his store was broken into. I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice to each other, too. Yeah, I know. Like what a, the heck? You know, like, they don't rob other stores of other people. That's messed up, man. It's totally messed up. Come on, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and the second story is... I wished we had this growing up, and you didn't even experience this, and no. I'm a little bit older than you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I, you kind of introduced me into comic books, and so, I mean, there was no other sort of forum for me to go and read it besides you. So so what we're talking about is this this article on Leader Telegram, which serves uh, Wisconsin, and this uh, county called, it looks like Eau Claire, Eau Claire, E-A-U, however you pronounce that. I'm sorry, people, if I messed that up. But it's a, a article that says library launches comic book themed summer reading program. So summer re- reading program with comic book themes. There's going to be superheroes there. It's set for all ages. They have a calendar of events going on where they read comic books and show them to the kids. Looks like they're having some sort of monitor set up to show them on like a big screen, and it's just uh, to help with that summer slide they call it, where kids just sort of go brain dead, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> slide yeah, into I'm the in oblivion. Right now. That's like- that's, that's, it's a very hard thing to get over, honestly. So maybe I ought to go to this library and yeah, look I'll at some comic travel books. travel to Eau Claire. Let's go. Wherever that is, Eau Claire, <laughs> Wisconsin. But I thought that was great. What a cool, feel-good story about this public library launching into an all-ages comic book summer-themed reading program. How very cool. We should do more of that, like, here in L.A. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. I mean, just think of, you know, the Hollywood aspect of this. You could get famous actors. You could get... You know, whoever's actually out here, you get Marvel to put their two cents in. You could get a lot of more, a lot right. more people to, to I guess support it out here. I mean, you Claire, it's probably a pretty good place to do it too, is Wisconsin. Who knows? But Wisconsin. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, I think we could do it out here. It'd be pretty fun out here. Why not? For, we should. And they, I wish I had that growing up. We didn't. That would be awesome. Free comic books to read all day, like, just instead of yeah, I don't know, reading books. Because books are lame, right? Like, <laughs> we won't get into comic that. books, right? Some people like books. That's all right. <laughs> 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 but anyway, the next topic we have is kind of a controversial topic, which I don't typically go very much into. But it's a sort of feel bad, but ultimately made me feel good in the long run. It's this this comic book artist, cartoonist in Iran that is in prison currently for a 12-year sentence for drawing a cartoon that apparently, quote-unquote, insulted the country's parliament and leader. And she was given 12 years for that, for drawing a, a, a cartoon. And so the government decided to, or whoever the prosecution decided to, even make it difficult for her to get an appeal. They said they witnessed... a lawyer. 
And this is nuts. They, like the they say they, they witnessed the, the attorney shaking the hand of Atina Faragandanani. Farag, sorry if I messed up her name. Faragadani? There we go. Faragadani. Faragadani. And so she's in prison for 12 years serving this sentence. The attorney shakes her hand. They arrest the attorney, charge him with fornication, and put where, him in prison. Where exactly is this? This is in Iran. Iran, so yeah, I mean, that's believable. And charge him with $7,000 bail to get him out of prison, which they'll be tied up with that so that she won't be able to appeal her 12-year sentence. Yeah, that's messed up. That's just messed up. She's a cartoonist. They show a picture of her. They show some of her work. She has great work, real clean lines, real kind of noir look to her art. Atina, that sucks that you have to be in prison for that. And it made me feel good, actually, because I just felt good that I live in America, that I live in the best country in the world, America, where we can draw (laughs) what we want, we can have a cartoon that, that... says words about our government and politicizes, Two you know, cartoonizes, point, yeah. makes fun of, satirizes, whereas in, in other countries, like Iran, can't do that. You'd be in prison. Yeah. So it, I know it's a it's a tough subject, but it made me feel good and proud to be an American. America. America. Yeah. Next little feel-good article is tied to Free Comic Book Day, which... Uh, is called always a fun day always a fun day free comic book day this is kind of part two of it called halloween comic fest it's uh, supported by free comic book day same facility same diamond distributor every year every halloween on the 31st they give out a a bushel of comics a bushel of them a shrub of comics and every year we as sort of a father-son batman and robin duo go searching for Mm. each of these comics and we scour the earth, is what you're saying. <laughs> we, we scour we, it. We end up looking for multitudes of hours on this day just to try to complete the set of the free comics that they give out. Because, I mean, it's a lot. But, you know, we go to stores across the cities and... Scour. It, constant It's a really scour. fun day, though, because, you know, it gets other people into comics because, you know, it starts people's sort of, uh, sort of like, you know, their, their collection. Could be their beginning. Could be their very beginning. A certain age group could be the first time they ever see comics. First time they've they've looked into them, they've opened them. This year they have 13 comics. 13. 13. Number 13. For Halloween. 13 full-size comics and then eight sort of kids' mini comics. And the 13 they've picked, four or five of these are awesome. They actually have Sabrina, number one, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and the Archie Horror title series. That I'm really excited about it. I, I've, I already have it, but that I would say that's the number one to get. That's going to be a hard one to find. Good luck. And the second one I would say is the Vamp Blade, or Vamp Blade, featuring Zombie Tramp, which is this crazy series. A guy from L.A. writes this, uh, Mendoza, Dan Mendoza, and Very cool guy. Very produ- provocative covers I've seen your comics laying around. It's yes, funny. you got to be careful with that one. It's definitely adult reading, but this one is just a mashup. It's that that. You know, person that main title person against another main title person, just kind of a cool versus issue, and that's going to be on Marvel team up of horror, sort of in a versus, you know, Mortal Kombat style. And (laughs) this is going to be great. So, October 31st, whatever day of the week that falls on, Halloween Comic Fest, sort of a mini free comic book day coming up. I'm excited. 13 big free full issues and eight minis. Get there. I'll be talking about that, I'm sure, as we get closer. And the next story I have, we're actually jumping out of the feel-good stories right now, and we're going to highlight a comic that I found late. I joined the party late. I'm sorry, but it's Southern Bastards. Southern Bastards is a comic book by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Two Jasons. Jasons. The Jasons. Southern Bastards, to me, it's a Friday Night Lights meets Walking Tall. Up to a certain issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it has a twist. Yeah, so I, I We'll try just, not to spoil it, yeah. by the way. We might spoil some, so spoiler <laughs> alert, spoiler alert, spoiler. Yeah, I just uh, I just finished issue nine. My dad pushed it on me to the point where I was like, all right, I'll read it. Sounds good. Because I know you love Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it was one of my favorite shows in, like when I was playing football in high school. So that was it was a really fun show to watch. So when he said that it's like Friday Night Lights, I was initially kind of tied in. And then he, he mentioned... Walking Tall, which is a really good movie with The Rock, so um, initially I was just kind of like, all right, let's 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 do it. I'd like to see some football and some people getting beat the crap out of with some sticks and stuff, you know? So it was, it was really in, in fun to, to read through, you know, one through nine, because I think that's what they're up to, right? Yeah, number, number nine just came out. I mean, from issue number one, page number one, they show this southern neighborhood, the southern town, drawn a real kind of 
just a dark and brooding sort of way with kind dark tones. Kind of a tones. pretty day almost, you know. Sunny, like sunny. De- sort of time. And they show this dog just taking a poop right in the middle of the page. Oh, big dog. <laughs> I can't remember the last comic book I read where <laughs> the page one is of a, of a, of a dog just, just dropping a deuce. Yeah, dumping all over the grass. <laughs> and that just sets the tone for this crazy comic. And it's a story of, of initially this this older man goes back to this southern town in Alabama. Craw County? Bama, yeah. Ba- Craw County. Craw County. Alabama. He goes back to pay respects to his father that's passed away, and him and his father didn't get along, and it's been 40 years since he's been in, he's been in this, this southern town. And he quickly is reminded as to why he left. Yeah, there's corruption. The town, the town is just... It's, if you can remember, I don't know who's ever seen Walking Tall, it's a pretty old movie, but um, um, the town there is very drug-ridden and kind of like corrupt, like, you know... The streets are kind of dirty and just like there's you could tell like the just the the quality of the town is like you would not expect very good people to live there you know <laughs> just and it needs to be cleaned up and this son fights that feeling off of following in his father's footsteps his father was the walking tall rock yeah, kind of character carried around a big stick and beat people up with it so. to clean the town up and kept it kept it morally sound and when his father passed away this town's fallen right back into that centered around coach Euless boss yeah it's a, it's a really good name for a bad guy <laughs> well if he is a bad guy i mean who knows and in issue one tub is calling someone on the phone that never picks up yeah and you just you learn that you figure that out later, but you feel sad for him. Yeah, like he's calling. Like, Are you there? And hey, I love you. And just thinking of you. And all these talking messages. Talking real nice, like you know, it seems it almost seems like someone's ignoring him. Yeah, know, so it, make, it makes you feel kind of bad, like he's a lonely dude. Yeah, you just get that feeling from Mr. Tub, our main character there, Earl that he's Tub. just little Tub, and he's just lonely. And there's some flashbacks. The flashbacks are done really cool with how they're all red. Have you noticed that all the all the flashbacks are red? Yeah, the the shading, the shading of those, you know, like it's it's real nice. Like the, uh, I I would say like the violence of the flashbacks is kind of what the red entails, you know, like that it's pretty bloody, a very pretty gory. bloody scene that he's remembering in the time where he's kind of uh, watching his dad beat the crap out of people with a very big stick. Yeah, that's early in <laughs> issue one where they is he's remembering his dad. Just cleaning up the town and showing all these hoodlum, these guys all laid out, bleeding and crying, and the dad is uh, standing there with a stick in his hand, cleaning very up the neighborhood. Big, uh, the stick is very influential in this book. You'll you'll kind of realize it as you read it, uh, as how much the stick is actually kind of tied into the whole story, and how it actually means a lot more to the main character than you would think than a, a random stick would be. Yeah. Yeah, and even even uh, as we're going along towards the end of page or issue one, that that dog that we see in scene yeah, one, he's, he's he shows up from time to time. Yeah, like they show him, sort of the evil people in the town. He seems to pe- spend like, a lot of attention yeah. <laughs> to. Like he has a, an evil meter. He like, he knows. Oh, <laughs> this guy's no good. Do like most dogs don't really like people who are mean to other people and. What night, you know, so... Oh, the it, dog gets peed on. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy in the issue who's peeing on a street. Like, it's just a very not cool thing to do. Rebel tattooed know. on his neck. Very uh, redneck kind of person. Just mm-hmm. peeing in the street, and then the dog comes up, and he just turns his stream towards the dog and pisses <laughs> on his head, you know? Because the dog was barking at him yeah. for doing wrong. Like, the dog... Uh, like, hey, stop! What are you doing? He's that sort of a little bit of that moral compass of the town. So, Tub decides ultimately when he's standing over his when he's standing over his father's grave and starts hitting the tree with a stick, and it's struck with lightning. And, he's and then down the tree. And then the, the casket of his father opens, and the stick is there. Yeah. He feels it's like a calling. He feels like, okay, then I gotta I gotta do this and clean that town. And so that leads us to that's like the first four actually issues kind of yeah, combined just all together. His story. He's trying to clean up the town and uh, kind of tear down Coach Boss's sort of gang that he has just running around, which is also kind of funny because they're all the football players on the famous high school team. The there. running Rebs. Yeah. The so Rebels. 
which they look like the UNLV rebels. That sort of yeah. that that Yosemite Sam character yeah. with the. With I feel the like guns. we're spoiling. Oh, we're totally. Yeah. yeah, sorry. We <laughs> spoiler alert again because um, we're catching up to sort of number nine, and we're going to briefly go over them. And as we get towards. They also show some great layouts of the Friday night football game. Yeah, football. And the entire town's behind it. And this coach, as you want to immediately hate him because he's the center of corruption, he's also this beloved coach that is making their their team really good and, and helps he's, them win. He's supposedly this this really good coach, and uh, they're, they got a pretty good record from what... I, they don't really say the record of the high school football games, but they're pretty good, and they're, they're approaching their rival football game. So, you know, he's gearing up for all that kind of stuff and he's making sure the team's ready and and then you know you kind of believe like okay he's a football coach you know you're supposed to kind of like them right you know but then all of a sudden he just turns on you with this this kind of like this I don't know how to explain it like he's just a not a he's corrupt and like like he's I don't want to explain his, his demeanor. He, I like that he's uh, that his his demeanor is he's a, he's a, like a boss. His name fits himself perfectly. Yeah. But I like that that duality of where you want to hate this guy. You you can tell they're building a, a villain that yeah. you wish the worst demise upon. Yeah. But but you like him at the same, same time. They make yeah. you like him. So you have this sort of gosh, I want to hate the guy. But man, he runs this town and he in his own sort of corrupt evil rules and he really wants the, yeah. the football team to be the focus and so the really the first four issues in volume one collected make you not like the coach <laughs> yeah paint then, him in this hate this way and you, you see tub as your hero and well like we said as before spoiler alert so you get towards the end of, of they there's a showdown yeah boss and tub in the in middle of the street in front of, yeah. of the entire town and should we spoil that? We, like, we spoil it at this yeah, point. Yeah, we already spoiled everything This else, is like so. five months ago, so <laughs> sorry, folks. But And Tub goes down, folks. Yeah, the Tub the coach boss takes his stick, uses his own stick against him. And kills the guy. And just takes the spiky end of it and just drives it through his head. And like, he's dead. And I, for me, that part was just like, really? Like, already? Like, I, he's gone? My, my jaw hit the floor. I was <laughs> it, like, wow. It was wow. issue four, and like, he'd already done so much to try to clean up the town. He's been doing his own little detective work and like you really start believing that okay like he can do this you know and then issue four comes and he finally confronts him the first confrontation of the two main guys in the story and the good guy already dies like it's it's done like it's and they're like these they, we talk about them as being these older guys but these guys are like monstrously built they're like yeah you in, know yeah in the comic they're, they're pretty well drawn muscular old dudes i picture at least one of them as the actor from from the Avatar. Uh, yeah, from Avatar. Yeah, the Colonel. The Colonel guy yeah. with the crew cut is one of them being that guy because they're muscular and big and they're tough, yeah. both Boss and Tub. And they just have this showdown battle drawn out with a stick and just br- brutal violence. And yeah, Tub goes down. That's the end of arc one. And then issue number five uh, goes right in, takes a takes a dive into now Boss's it's character. Boss's story. Goes back in time and shows him as a young kid trying to make the team mm-hmm. and then it, ma- it, uh, it makes you like him so much again and like you know he's he was this kind of scrawny skinny little kid that um, couldn't make the football team and didn't really have a talent you know in the football team and, and he's flipping through pages to prove that he has the comic in front of us <laughs> hey, I need to prove it I'm looking at it <laughs> and so um, but look right here where every day he's he's hitting this this bag on the field and the coach at the time is this other guy tell him to quit yeah. just every day tell him to quit and that he's worthless and there's a lot of profanity in this his there's name a lot is of Euless, right Euless, and they call him useless of course so it's pretty messed up you know and his father Euless, boss's father is his reputation in the town of being a you know a, a booze runner moonshiner you know Again, thief. not a thief, yeah, very, scumbag. Very bad person to have as a dad over there. And so the coach doesn't want him on the team just simply for his, his, you know, his dad alone. And then we cut. That's you know the flashback in all red. Then we go to the funeral, Tubbs' funeral. Yeah, that that's where you know you didn't really know if he died in issue four. You see him get the you know his head bashed in, but you don't really know. And then they this is the first kind of. You know, confirmation evidence where it's just like whoa he's actually dead he's like, in a know? funeral yeah and they're in a funeral and and boss shows up for the funeral yeah that was messed up that was right a cool thing to do. and then he talks to his 
uncle, Tubbs' oh, uncle, yeah. oh. saying that he's going to go ahead and pay for the headstone. Mm-hmm. What does he put on the headstone? I thought it was messed up. His Tubbs' dad, it says, here here was a man. And for, for Tubb Jr. Here wasn't. Here wasn't. Yeah, that's what they're going to say on this That's just messed up. He killed him. He pays for his headstone. And then it insults him on his grave, on his gravestone. I mean, that's just heavy. I mean, that's... And by the end of issue, this is five now, yeah. he decides to put Mr. Tubbs' stick in the town, you know, restaurant, restaurant yeah. <laughs> where the where there was a baseball bat. He's going to go ahead and hang the stick that he murdered a guy in the middle of the yeah, street. With the blood still on it, he has just really cleaned it. right there making proclamation. This is my town. This is the way it goes. You have any problem? There's the bloody stick I'm going to hit you in the head with. I was like, wow. And then you go into number six, which goes into a new character that you immediately kind of fall in love with. Yeah. It's the... Old Big. Old yeah. Big. The, he's a ball boy at the and time, right? When he's boy. first initiated, and he's this black guy that's blind. And... You always got the blind mentor and thing. It's kind of... I always... That's kind of... <laughs> what else? I, don't, I can't think of any other <laughs> blind mentors. Yeah, no. Well, like, Besides you, Stick you, and you know, you Daredevil. Stick, you got, you know... What else? Yeah, there's always that kind of proverb thing where it's like, you know, the blind kung fu master that taught you all the stuff. You know, it seems like it's kind of overplayed now. <laughs> but I didn't feel that at all. Hey, that's your opinion. But, I, I mean, he did, to me, come off a little Yoda-ish. He had some sort of sayings in here that were very real philosophical and more, more answers to your question with another question. Yeah. But he was an old school guy, and he took young boss who was getting beat up every single day by the other guys on the team that are continually telling him to quit and he's just punched in the stomach and he throws up and he's just continually beaten up and here comes Big yeah. even telling him to quit telling him to give it up yeah, he tells he, the, initially Big's like why are you still doing this you gotta quit man Like, and he just kinda kinda in his weird way inspires the kid to, to have him teach him how to play football it, uh, like it was sort of weird how he was like alright I'll teach you but he was kinda like insulting him and saying like, yeah, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. But uh, I'll teach you, you know, I'll teach you all this stuff. And I could hear all their, their stuff like Daredevil powers of, of I could hear when they're breathing. I could hear, you know, I, I know yeah, when he a, teaches him in that realm, doesn't he? Like, yeah, the, it's weird. Blindfolds him, puts him on a boat, and he's trying to teach him balance and listening, and even goes and does X and O's on the board till mm-hmm. he's like brain hurts. He's really teaching him how to be a, like a good football player, and it, and it pays off. And he becomes this real good football player, and uh, now then they flash over to the dad who just confirms he's a total scumbag. He like took went into where these cockfights were and stole all the all the the cockfighting roosters, fighting roosters, <laughs> yeah. as blackmail money. So he's just his dad's a scumbag, and and but the highlight is the all done in red again. The flashback of that relationship between Big and Boss is sweet. It's the one person that spends any time and, and likes. Young Euless boss. Yeah, and so you really—he yeah, is the Yoda of the of this, and then and you know like, this is before boss was this this, you know boss. I don't know how to explain him in any <laughs> other way. The boss, before yeah, the boss before was he boss. was the, the leader of this corrupt town. Yeah, it's his rise. So you know, he, was a young he, kid. he um he make he really seems you know innocent, and you really kind of like him, and he, they they really. put a lot of time. You the right. He has to fight some like serious adversity here yeah. in his life. To really just, he wants to bleed for football. It just that's his one thing in life that gives him joy, and yeah, the relationship. He said like the uh, big was always kind of like like why do you do this? Like why do you take the punishment and all that kind of stuff? Like you know it's just football, and he goes football is worth the blood. And yeah, like, you know, that, that was that title. was kind of like his saying, and that that kind of drove him through to become this really good football player, which he ends up being in you know later issues. And uh, and at the end of six. You're, he goes in to see his dad. His dad is, of course, involved in this stealing the, the roosters. And these Getting guys that he yeah. that he did wrong to shoot Euless Boss's foot. foot yeah, so he can't and he was on the team at this point, yeah, right? And he made the team. He just made the just team. Made the team. Do, like special teams, which is, you know. <laughs> and, here, and he's out. Shot in the foot. Done. Yeah. I was like, another jaw-dropping ending at the end of, mm-hmm. of six. That was nuts. In seven, it shows basically him on the sidelines. He's got the cast on. Can't really do anything. Another all red flashback sort of scene. And the guy that shot him in the foot is in his house, hanging out there. And his dad is gone. Guy's looking for his dad. 
and dad's nowhere to be found. He could care less. And then dad comes home when <laughs> when Big is there. Big is there. He throws around so, the N-word a lot, folks. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of southern profanity in this. Very very centered on racism uh, in this town. So, like, Oh, I mean, back then, in the flashbacks, at least. So, you know, he comes in flashing the N-word and saying, like, get this, you know, out of my house. And, you know, and then they just beat start him up. Start fighting. Yeah, they start beating up the dad. And even uh, even Big hits him with his, with yeah, his cane. With his cane starts beating him up. But dad starts coming back. Boss dad starts fighting back and... Ulysses has to put his helmet on and tackle his dad out the front door. Yeah, it was, very, it was a very good series. It was very... I felt emotional yeah. here. I was like, wow, he's standing up against this his father. Dad, and yeah, the dad just takes off. Like, he doesn't even come back. Like, that was... He's gone. So, I mean, it, it also shows... And he used his foot. He stood up. Yeah. He stood up and... So, he's like... Big was like, let's get you on the field. Yeah, let's go. You're ready. And, uh... Yeah, the the football kind of montage that they go through <laughs> is really good because you know it shows that he all his training and all his like blood that he spent that and all anger, the, all the beatings he took, and you know the the there was a part where he got icy hot, shoved up his bum, yeah, <laughs> and then, by this team that continually beat him up every day, and that and was now just, they're they're kind of the whole town's loving him, and, he's and they just, have they're forced to respect him. He's yeah. like a, a force to be reckoned with on the field, and he's making all these tackles. He's he intercepted the ball. He's using all the skills that Big had taught him. He's having this amazing, fantastic game. It even flashes to where now he's sleeping in class. He's looking at the mailbox, hoping for scholarship information. And they never come. They never come. And now it's over. Football season's over. It's done. He's, he's Now he's like, what am I going to do? He's talking to Big, saying, like, well, I can't. I have to be in football. I don't know anything else. I live, breathe, die, bleed football. What am I going to do with what, my that's life? That's what I, it's funny because... You know, in high school, there were a couple kids that got, you know, like, you know, letters from colleges and stuff. And that's, like, their life. It's weird because, you know, that's me being a football player that moved away from football. It's it's very centered on, you know, like, like, can I keep playing for the rest of my life? Can I keep doing this and this and this? And it, it very evidently shows that it doesn't happen for other people. And, and because of this boss's reputation and his dad he uh he didn't get any letters and the coach the coach that at the time that was coaching boss on the team actually like turned away all the offers for him because of his dad and the coach was was kind of yeah and he's kind of pleading to him like he yeah. wants a job and he's just with your dad you'll never work around here he's like well i'll give you one job you'll probably even still take because you're that desperate and sad and pitiful and he just insults him and he last Makes page him the ball boy. last page at seven, Euless boss is the is the ball boy. Yeah. And you're like, wow, but we know where it's heading. I feel like we shouldn't do the last two issues because we're just ruining it for everybody. Because it's such a good series. I mean, you could pick it up after issue I think eight because eight was I think that one was probably my favorite out of the. Well, let's the... just talk about it briefly because eight still came out over two months ago. Oh, okay. So I mean, you've had time. So eight just picks up where the son goes to see his dad. Yeah, he's been a ball boy for a year now. So. This was insane. And he he try his dad comes at him with a shotgun. His dad hits him with the shotgun. His dad has wants nothing to do with him and, and Euless boss is like, I need your help. He just keeps telling him, I need your help. I can't do this without you. Uh, you know, I'm sick of everything you've done and I should have been a better son, which is nuts that he even said that. But I was already getting this sense of Something's wrong here. What's, what's he leading him to? And son, and then his dad whacks him with a shotgun. And they they start to fight, but he really just kind of stops and says, like, you're the only man. You're why I lost the thing I love, Daddy, and you're the only man who can help me get it back. And so he actually convinces his dad to help him, and they seem to have kinda, this little moment. Dad kind of has this, this moment where he's like, all right, like, you're a man now. Like, I respect you. And all this kind of stuff. And then and turns he, around and he goes, like, how can I help you and whatnot? <laughs> and he, he decides, like, all right, you're a boss. The best damn running reb. And them sons of bitches effed you over, huh? And they have this just connection, this moment. Yeah. And he helps him up. And if he finds us out where I'm hiding, he's liable to. And he turns his back. And then Euless boss. boss, the now boss of the town, got his first kill. He kills his dad. Kills his dad, guns him down in the back as he's walking away. And I, I was surprised. 
honestly. Yeah, well, I was a little surprised on this. I was like, I did not see that coming. Like, like he just killed his own dad. <laughs> and then he takes him to these guys that he's done all this wrong business with, and in, in a trunk of a car, and says, "Here, here he is." So I think that's when you were, you knew, like, okay, this is this is you, this boss. Yeah, this is where his kind of his real origin starts. Like he killed his dad, and then because he killed the dad, the the guy that had the business. Um, where, you know, he owed, the dad owed him a bunch of money and all that kind of stuff. He had connections with the high school. And so once he killed his dad, he was like, all right, you're good. Like, we're going to make you the head coach now. So they fired the coach. They fired the coach and he's <laughs> pissed and they, they take him out and he's replaced by Eula's boss and he initially jumps right in and immediately just, he can tell he's going right into business. And as, as he, he's talking to Big. And, and sort of this little last part of the flashback, he says, uh, you know what I always say, Big, it's football, it's worth the blood. It is. And as he passes Big, Big sort of realizes at that point. This yeah, he, he made him his defensive coordinator, and then, uh, so, so you know, he's on there with the field, on the field with him every day, and, you know, and then he kind of realizes after he said that, that he goes, you know, Christ Almighty, what have I done? And he realizes that he made, yeah. he made this monster. That just shows depth in the character and such great writing here that he made that character sort of realize like he was helping this young boy, but at the same time... He was ruining him in a way, but I mean... Creating this monster, yeah. I guess, in a way, but I, I, don't, I don't think he really should have had any regret. No, it wasn't. It, it, it was kind of like he was saying, because he was his closest friend, like, you know, he, he wanted it. He, he felt like he was keeping him in line and making him this good football player that was sending him down the right path, but... At the same time, Uless Boss had his own input and kind of just drove his own car down the street towards being yeah. a corrupt high school football coach. So much had happened future. before before Big came around to Uless yeah. Boss. He'd already been living this horrible life with his deadbeat dad, and so he shouldn't, you know, that can't, he, he shouldn't feel bad, but he does. He sees this monster walk onto the field, and then we go back to the present. Right, yep. a lot of flashback, and then we finally get back to the present, and they're wondering where they're Big still, is. You got yeah, old Big man. Big is still his defensive coordinator. Still the defensive coordinator. All those years they've lived together, they're friends. It's his mentor, his dad, almost his father yeah. figure, and they're wondering why Big isn't on the field. Where's Big? Where's Big? Boss goes and looks after, goes to try to find him. Maybe thinking he's eating goes, another, yeah, eating another stick office. of butter because yeah, <laughs> Big would just eat sticks of butter. Full on sticks of butter takes chomps out of him like they're candy bars. Gross. <laughs> so it comes around <laughs> the corner. And then we find Big. Yeah, he's on his chair with his brains blown out. And a gun in his hand. Yeah, so and so you think it's going that direction, and that he killed himself, he wrote a note, ain't worth the blood. And then we flash forward to who was answering, who, was, who got to hear all those messages. Yeah. That tub yeah. was calling, and it would, it's his daughter. Yeah, who's it's his daughter in Afghanistan. Is in Afghanistan. And she talks at the end, last page, she's heading home. Yeah, she's looking so for dad. She's going so, home to find dad. Is she going to pick the stick up? Is she going to be... I hope so. What, I, that's what I was hoping, is that she's going to come back and lay the law down. And last issue nine, it brings us up to date, so we won't spoil her that too much. It it would have made the top five, honestly. I just had five other comics I'd already read. So I'm giving it sort of a special top listing, if you will. Go really back. Good, really good series. Definitely should pick it up. Uh, what was it? It was... One through four is on Comixology, and that's yeah, where I read it on. They're all on Comixology. I, I, we got digital for the oh, volume okay. one, but then yeah. I bought the floppies for each after that. And uh, pick it up. So special. Yeah, definitely, definitely really good. Special uh, Whenever series. I could find a comic book that I can enjoy uh, that he and, you know, my dad introduced me to, like, you know, you, uh, you kind of convinced me with this one, and it was, it was definitely not a regret to read it, because it was really fun, and, uh, you kind of get invested in these characters. Yeah, great character uh, development. Yeah. Fantastic job so, by Jason Aaron and Justin Latour. Justin Latour? Jason Le- Latour? Uh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Jess. Pretty close, right? Yeah. Jason Jess. And then issue nine, only quickly, they go into the sheriff. The sheriff was obviously corrupt. His story is involved. You know, boss thinks it's murder. I mean, boss thinks it's not murder. Or no, boss, boss thinks, thinks it's murder. Yeah, boss thinks that somebody. The sheriff him. thinks it's suicide. Boss yeah. is like, no, this is a murder. So that's just kind of where issue nine starts. And, and fin- it's, it's about the sheriff. Yep. The sheriff's story, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a really good story. So um, they go back in the sheriff, you get to meet him, and great storytelling. 
great pace. It's a fast read. It's yeah, well drawn. I read them, I read all nine issues in less than two days. So so definitely definitely recommend it and tied into the last part I'll say about Southern Bastards. I was reading a pretty sure beating it to a dead horse. Yeah, <laughs> on <laughs> comicbook.com. Southern Bastards optioned by FX. It's gonna be a show. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It says here too that the the um, Jason. Aaron, the Jasons. Yeah, the Jasons. Let's call them the Jasons. Will adapt the pilot and serve as executive producers on the series. So it's going to be. It's already just as, just optioned. As Kirkman does with Walking Dead, right? So you always want the writers of the original story to have some sort of input, which is really good with, uh, with uh, I guess, with this story. Because, you know, if you don't have the writer and the artist's input in this kind of story, I feel like you could mess it up pretty bad. You know, so. I, I definitely like having, you know, the original writers on the, the crew of that, and that's definitely should be something to watch whenever they decide to put it out. Yes, yeah, so that's going to wrap up Southern Bastards, so check it out, folks. Very long segment, probably really, one of your really longest good. segments you've, you've done. It was nine comics, so <laughs> hope you hung in there. Hope you, you like uh, our, our review of it, and we give it huge thumbs up, and check it out, Southern Bastards. So moving on, our next segment, we're going to just go into some comic book news and headlines. Quickly, the first thing, Marvel announces they're going to continue Disney Kingdom's line with Figment 2. Figment 2 is awesome. Figment, uh, Figment 2, Figment 1 was great. Neat that it's actually in Disneyland. I saw it at California Adventure Park there. They actually have the comic books on display and for sale. And it, apparently it's a one of those, it's a dragon-like figure that Walt Disney created that he never really did anything with. He shelved it and they dug it up and made kind of a, a fantasy story with it called figment and they've just marvel does just announced they're going to do figment volume two so check out figment number one you can get that anywhere and it's just really well done really great art very just the kind of wizard of oz fantasy feel look to it about um this reality that this man finds on accident through these scientific scientific experiments and figment pops up figment of his imagination who knows yeah this purple looking weird dragon you should check that one out it's pretty good yeah I know you have them. I've seen them. And the last, actually, article is kind of two articles that tie together in the comic book news section about how the push for independent comics, a push for the image comics model, if you will, is really becoming popular. There's two companies that are going to basically steal that that style. that From image. Yeah, yeah that creator-owned series promotion where they're allowing these artists to create their own unique vision and contain and keep the the yeah, the title yeah so they can do whatever they want with it you know, yeah so. keep all the rights you don't have to sell it they, they keep the copyright of the characters and let these these guys really flex their creative muscles yeah definitely so two do comics one's called z2 a small indie publisher has already announced new fall titles as it ramps up its creator owned mission so it shows some some art shows some titles coming up for Z2 that's very much like the image model and that's just awesomely exciting and then another one where two small publishers came together came together Devil's Do and One First Comics merge to form a mini major comic publisher so another image style company that two companies merged to one are going to focus their new model on creator owned work so great look into the future yeah. more of it's coming Stuff like Southern Bastards. Yeah, no, definitely uh, with, like, you know, moving on to, like, TV and, you know, trying to cross platforms and get it out to the broader audience with TV and movies. Like, that's definitely a, uh, a good opportunity for these artists and writers, you know, that they want to get done. You know, like Robert Kirkman, they want to be millionaires like him for <laughs> The Walking Dead. Who does it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, good comic book news there. The future looks bright. More independent, more unique, more weird stuff that I'm just going to love and have to massively consume. Next up, let's go quickly into the world of AI. The world of AI. The world of AI. Only one article, quickly. <laughs> this is from the New Zealand Herald, and it talks about this Japanese company that is officially releasing a robot to the public. It's a $2,300 robot. They are going to release a thousand robots into the market every month, uh, and ultimately, it says here, the robot itself is a hairless, has a hairless head, moving arms, no legs, and glides on wheels. is developed its own has has developed its own personality depending on its human interactions. Yeah, so it literally has emotions to, depending on how the people 
treat the robot. It's creepy. It's really creepy. Creepy. It has, you know, five fingers and it's a, uh, its head is a uh, kind of oblong shaped and those it has like black, great white shark eyes. Yeah. It looks like an iPad, iPad right in the, in the center of its chest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's this is happening, folks. Twenty three hundred bucks. You can buy it now. What do you think? How do you feel about artificial intelligence, Justin? Um, I don't know. It depends on how we use it. I think it, with something like this, I just think it's a weird toy for kids to have. Like, you know, it's just one of those is toys. It for, is it for kids? I mean, it doesn't no, really it, say it doesn't its market. Say. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, essentially it looks like a toy and, it, you know, if it's affect if it's a f- personality is affected by human, uh, you know, how the humans treat it, I think it's just a very strange, you know, trait to a toy that they yeah. just decided to add on to. So I, I think it's weird. But in AI as a whole, uh, it's very scary, you know. Because like, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's basically, you know, we're making computers smarter than humans. And that's just a big no-no, you know. Because like, once big humans no-no. realize, or once computers realize that humans are destroying the world, <laughs> slowly that uh, we'll, we'll be their enemies yeah, right yeah. The, the computers are gonna have some sort of say in that you know what but uh, we'll see in the coming we'll future see. you know uh, the company says softbank ceo masayoshi san says his inspiration for pepper they're calling it pepper the humanoid robot with a heart came from his childhood memories of astro boy the the anime mm-hmm. yeah. a cult japanese animated robot who didn't have a heart so the, this, I think that what Pepper will do eventually is take our hearts. Yeah, he's going to cut out our hearts with his saws that come out of his hands. When he realizes <laughs> that he doesn't actually have a heart, he has and to take our heart. They're, they're, this Japanese company <laughs> is probably putting in, you know, some sort of defense mechanisms in it too, just secretly, you know, and you don't even realize it until one day it finally gets mad at you and then it's just going to attack you <laughs> well, in your sleep while your kid's sleeping and just going <laughs> to jump so in the not, bed. <laughs> so it's not just me that, that thinks about when I, re- when you, I read articles like oh, that. You of think course about not. That. You, you, right. Has anybody seen The Matrix? Has anybody seen Terminator? I know. Do like, any of you, does this Japanese company at all? That's what I, another one that always comes up. Well, anyway, that's the... it's w- worth the risk. I don't know what the... You know, what, what's what the reward? Thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, what, do they, what do they want out of what's, it? I don't know. When it realizes, though, it, it's, it, it doesn't really have a heart. When Pepper... Realizes that I think uh, when Pepper realizes that the kid that's been beating it up all these long years, <laughs> that it it sleeps, <laughs> that he's gonna just tear him apart, you know. <laughs> well, there you go, a thousand of them hitting the market, folks. So yeah. take a look out for Pepper. I'm sure it's not Pepper's coming. That, that severe, but a thousand <laughs> of them. That's a well, little. No, I mean my <laughs> over exaggerations <laughs> of how it's gonna start killing people. I want to know how many peppers can how many peppers would it take to lift a car and throw it up, up over oh. their head? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? So anyway, that's the one article. In the world in of AI. In the world of AI. Mm, yeah. Your sound effects are really good on the. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> like okay. the, I like the way you do your sound effects. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the mailbag, shall we? Yeah. Let's jump, jump in. Into the mailbag. Into the mailbag. This week is an article from a dude named Daniel W. Why don't you read the email? I'm always you reading them. Read the Why don't email? you read? It's a short one. Uh, it says Chris, comma. Um, loving the show, period. My question is, uh, semicolon. <laughs> I am a fan of the, uh, the band My Chemical Romance. Uh, really love the comic bookish themes they brought to their videos and overall look. Now that they are broken up, sad, uh, I am curious th- if the lead singer Gerard Way went back to his first love in comic books. If so, is there anything worth checking out? Thanks for keeping up the good work. And then give us a little nickname, Dwin Lee. So you mentioned this right off the bat of this article that yeah. going back isn't necessarily uh, what he's done. He's sort of stayed in it. Yeah, he's, he, he's been in it since, what was it, 2007, I think? 2007, he released Umbrella Academy. So Daniel, look at that. Put your Umbrella eyeballs Academy. on it. Umbrella Academy was fantastic. You read that, right? Yeah, it's a mixture of, of classical music and this strange, way-in-the-future dystopian society. And... It's just twisted and put you, it, it's like nothing you've ever seen visually, and the the it's just written, like the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a reflection of it. Yeah. So please check that out. That's award-winning. Umbrella Academy's been reprinted numerous times. It's a fantastic piece of work. And he even after the band broke up, sadly, he did keep it going. He has um, been on this podcast recently talking about maybe an Umbrella Academy two, nice. which is exciting, volume two. So I hope he goes there. And 
Another thing that he did, which I, is, is his last piece of comic book writing, if you will, which wasn't that long ago, actually, it was with Marvel Comics. He did Spider-Verse number five. I haven't showed this to you yet, Justin, but yeah. we're looking uh, at some visuals of it, and how do you describe that? what the look is? It's a very manga-styled kind of uh, art. I don't know. Does he draw? Do you know if he draws? No. He, he doesn't draw, writing. he just writes? Yep. But yeah, it was... Uh, it, it's a very manga-style... Art cover by Jake Wyatt. Sorry to okay. jump in there. There it is. Yeah, it's very manga-style. It's like a like the, the costume. It's a Spider-Verse uh, title, so it's the alternate Spider-Man of whatever. Yeah, yeah, so... He's got this uh, old, I don't know the story, but it's like it looks like a mech suit. Yeah. You know, that like in the mangas of you know, the world. And it's sort of a mech look. That's a great way to describe it. So it has that futuristic look to it. It's a story of this Penny Parker, a young girl, who's left parentless, but her father made this mech suit. And Penny they, Parker left Penny parentless. Parker. <laughs> Penny Parker left parentless. <laughs> parentless. Her father, Peter. And they, <laughs> and they the way they call it the this mech machine is the sp slash slash dr backslash backslash dr spider so it's like spider 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 yeah. but awesome. well written i wanted more you of it. it he did one issue and that was it so gerard way please we want more of this and it was just really well done and i was excited to see him dive into the world of marvel yeah he was cool. with dark horse before for umbrella yeah, academy umbrella. and he did the fabulous killjoys which tied into like my Chemical Romance's last album, and that was that was okay. It was yeah. good. It was just Umbrella Academy set such a high bar, mm-hmm. and was so hailed in the comic world as being amazing. And I think it won Eisner's. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go, Daniel. That's uh, something to look at. Put your eyes on Gerard Way's stuff. Look at Umbrella Academy. It's been reprinted. It's in hardbound. It's in floppy. It's in trade trades of reprinted five, probably ten times. It's it's a masterpiece done by Mr. Gerard Way, just as the music from My Chemical Romance was, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, I, we've listened to that band uh, throughout the years, and sad to hear them have broken up. But you know, but uh, they 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 are very good. It's very good music to listen to, and so you know. I think I'll even go back read Umbrella Academy while some, listening to My Chemical, <laughs> Romance. My Chemical Romance. I bet you they'll pair up nicely because cool. I love listening to music. Most of which times I don't like to listen to anything with lyrics, but yeah, I might you think that'll pair hard. up pretty well, though. Yeah, it would. Definitely. Especially well, I mean, maybe the, maybe the it, second so. album of My Chemical Romance. Yeah, definitely. Maybe even the first. Even Black Parade. Yeah. Third, uh, yeah. Even you go. Could, you could do any of them. Uh, I mean, I, I reading with lyrics is probably kind of hard. I don't, know, I don't know how you read with music. It's tough sometimes. When I read, it usually is instrumental soundtracks, movie soundtracks that I've discussed before, but. That might tie in nicely reading Gerard Way's work while listening to him at the same time. Try that, Daniel. Do do that. Yeah, definitely go pick up Umbrella Academy. I don't know. He, my dad, Chris Latori of the Sunspots Weird. Comics, hails <laughs> Umbrella Academy as a very good book. So I would I would go and pick it up. I trust him with comics. Go get it. So. And thanks, Daniel W, for writing in. I will be replying to your email and asking for your address so that I can mail you a little gift. Yeah, you should send him. Uh, Send him the Spider-Verse. Hmm, who knows? <laughs> Could be, who knows? But thanks again, Daniel W. We appreciate your support. So that closes the mailbag. Zip it up. Zip up. me to give up a... <laughs> Zip up the mailbag. <laughs> do you want me to give a sound effect there? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll put it in, in post. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zip up the mailbag. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's... Uh, let's I want to quickly plug the mini podcast that I posted recently of Justin's review of Jurassic World. Very awkward uh, <laughs> interview that you, you kind of just threw on me. Caught you off guard? Yeah, like... You, that you, was the plan. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> so, yeah, he caught me outside the, the movie theater uh, at pretty late. I don't know how, like, you, you just decided, like, I'm gonna go get him. And well, so I you... was hanging out there for a little while. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I wasn't sure when it was gonna end or how long the movie... I mean, I knew how long it was, but... You know, yeah, you, you dilly-dallied a little bit after the movie, so... But, yeah, check it out. It's it's already posted on iTunes and SoundCloud. Great, great movie. Uh, I listened to the podcast of me talking about the movie, and it made me want to go watch the movie again. So uh, you should definitely go see the movie and uh, listen to the podcast. It's short. It's like six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I was testing out a new mic, so sorry. I apologize for the sound. It wasn't the best trying a new adapter out and new mic so i'm not sure i'm going to keep that we'll see 
But uh, check it out. Six minutes long, and it's it's Justin's uh, movie minute, his review. Yeah. On, oh, and you know what? The big deal was the uh, long trailer of Ant-Man. Yeah, and the, the first, the fir- the initial trailer when you get into the movies and watch the trailers, there was a I don't know how long it was like it, it was felt long. forever. It was like five minutes long, like just of a of an Ant-Man trailer, and it was really good. It got me really excited for for uh, July seventeenth, which. It's funny because that's my birthday. So. Justin's birthday, nineteenth nineteenth birthday on that yeah, day. Um, so I, I think we're I'm, going. I'm gonna go see. Yeah, on my birthday. You know, I was with Guardians of the Galaxy being amazing, and no one expected that to be as amazing as it was. My favorite movie of 2014, by the way, Guardians of the Galaxy. Go see it. Um, I I just can't doubt Marvel with Ant Man. Just can't. I wasn't the biggest collector of Ant Man. I've collected some over the years, sporadically here and there. Well, but I'm major, on board fully. He's a major part of the the Marvel universe, isn't he? I mean, he's he's well, he one, did create Ultron. Yeah, he was the one that was supposed even though to Avengers Ultron. Avengers Ultron says he's one Tony of the Stark or, did it. Original uh, Avengers, Avengers. Isn't he? correct? Yeah, isn't he supposed to be in. So I don't know why they so, started. I think they just didn't have faith in that character as as being, being successful. It wasn't until you know Guardians of the Galaxy. I think was kind of a big leap for them. Now they can go. We can do anything. Yeah, we can do but, any yeah. six string character. Doesn't matter. We're gonna make a billion. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer the trailer was really good. Oh my they got gosh. down into the into the more technical aspects of the story, I guess, and kind of getting down to um like how Hank Pym is going to be in, a part of it. And so, you know, yeah, but even let's go let's break it down a little bit uh, and so again, spoiler if you haven't seen that trailer. It's a trailer. It's meant it's to be a trailer. <laughs> but they start movie. off with him in prison going through what you think is an initiation yeah. in this this fight. Yeah, this like kind of like <laughs> gang fight. He's in the middle of all these inmates. Paul Rudd. I mean, there's just he's, nothing. He's very funny. I, I love most of his movies. So. If he did like all state commercials, I'd probably still <laughs> laugh at whatever he does. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter what very he. Good, very good. He could do gum, commercials on gum, and they'll probably be funny. <laughs> And yeah. he's there getting this, what you think is an initiation. And he's and fighting he's this huge guy. <laughs> yeah, like like Paul Rudd. You know, Paul Rudd's not a very tall person, but he's fighting this very big black guy. And, oh, my gosh. And, like, there's just no way he's going to win this fight. And so, like, they start fighting, and he's kind of getting his butt kicked, and then um, kind of comes back with the right hook and, like, catches the black guy in the face. And they all just kind of like, oh, you know. <laughs> and... <laughs> Well, and it turns yeah. out it's not an initiation. Yeah, it's a goodbye present. It's a, yeah, it's a good a goodbye <laughs> present. So he's getting beat up so that when he leaves, he has something to remember him by, which is like a black eye or something. <laughs> you know? It's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, very good um, sort of exposition to how the character is going to be. You know. And then they should immediately go right into where it, he's in a van with his buddy, I guess, and yeah, his buddy's kind of, of the prison, comic yeah. relief, kind of dopey friend, and. He's talking about what kind of job you're gonna get, and Paul yeah. runs like, I have a, I have a master's degree in structural engineering. Like, I, it shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> and then it Where's like it, it flash forwards, and he's like, Hi, welcome to Baskin Robbins. What can I get for you today? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was pretty fun. So it was really, I think, highlighting the humor of the story too, and smart. smart. I'm excited for the movie. Honestly. Totally. Like, I, I, I uh, initially, I, I, it was kind of like they're gonna do an Ant Man movie, like. What are, what's so great about Ant-Man? Like, you know, when he becomes Giant-Man, that's different. But uh, it, it, initially, it was just kind of like, really, they're going to do that? And then, yeah, I guess they are. So sure are. I'm really excited about it. Me and, too. I uh, can't wait for it to come out. Absolutely. So. It, it looks fantastic. And it, Paul Rudd can't go wrong. It's, it's going to be a winner. So check that out if you haven't seen it. But the whole world has already. Well, now let's go into my favorite part of it. The top five picks of the week for June... 17th, Wednesday, June 17th. And uh, let's start with number five. Number five is I've Marvel read all Comics. These, by the way. So yes, I, I required I will have you to. <laughs> number five is by Marvel Comics by Colin Bunn, German Peralta, Dan Brown, Moon Knight, number 16. And this was just a fun, like an episode of Batman. It was just, it was Moon Knight in his prime. He's got his cool, like, moon jet. He's got. You know, moon missiles. He's got moonerings. Moonerings. He's got <laughs> moon drones. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very. Uh, he just mooned it up with yeah, moon tech. Mo- moon. St- everything looks like a moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome the way it's drawn. The white contrast. It just. It's just pale and everything is so full of color and the action is just drawn so great. There's and yet, this, the, my favorite part of this this uh, issue was when he he's fighting these guys who have like these weird jetpacks on and. 
he flies up and they kind of lose him, right? And um, and they they're looking up in the sky and like they, you know they see the moon in which they think is the real moon. Yeah, and they're like, oh, he's gone. He's we but lost it's him. Actually, him hiding in the shape of the moon. He's hovering in the <laughs> shadow of the moon. And Which so was reminiscent yeah. of, you know, the Keaton Batman, you know, when, yeah. he, when the bat you know, jet flies up to the moon and isn't that symbol. It reminded me of it, although he's hiding in the moon. He's hiding in it. Was very, it was very cool. Right? right? Yeah, it was very, uh, it was very Batman-y. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. It, it was good. Just had an awesome action pace to it. And he, these guys are, in, and it's a standalone issue. They have some continuity, but very little. Each one of these issues are just kind of their own little mini story. And they're all really good. Yeah. It's been pick of the week before, I think, for me. And he, fi- he he has his moon drone yeah. carry him to where and these this cult. cult is hiding these these prisoners yeah. these these which they're kind of religious cult prisoners like they maybe they were going to be sacrificed or something mm. and I won't spoil the sort of cool stuff he says at the end but he has some cool superhero-y quotes that he lays yeah. out to these groups very good actiony issue uh, I enjoyed it it was just good yeah number five and number four is by Titan Comics. Didier Okun, sorry if I messed the name up, Renald Colin, Minions, number one. And I just, I smiled when I saw this. I was a little bummed that my comic book store charged me eight bucks for it. Eight dollars for this? Yeah. You should have told me it was eight dollars. I didn't I know, know it was eight dollars. That was ridiculous. They just knew that it was all that, you know, the hype and the movie coming and the excitement. And looking at it, it was worth the eight bucks. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it's very comic strip style, totally. which is which is fun. And, like, the second page of it is this big <laughs> splash page of, you know, the lab they work in and all that kind of stuff. And my favorite part was down here, uh, at the, like, the bottom left corner of the page. It was, um, <laughs> like, like two of the minions. One's, like, strapped into this experiment table. Yeah. And one's, like, gonna do some stuff to him. Like, it, it, that that made me laugh. It it's like this, this two... Two-page spread of like an like an ant colony, like an ant farm. They show it all connected to, of course, the house that they live in. Yeah. But this is tunnel system. It's like a. It's like seeing the layout of a like a of a two D scrolling video game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Earthworm Jim or something. Or yeah. Something, yeah. And it's just you need a magnifying fine glass to really look at the detail of this and how they all connect to each other and just all mm-hmm. the the hijinks they're up to. And there's no dialogue in the entire thing, but each one of these panels can be can be. Printed, zoomed, and printed, and and framed on on a wall. They all Definitely. just have a little story in each panel, and I just love these freaking weirdos, man. I just love them. <laughs> it was it was it was very entertaining, and uh. Didn't you like smile through the whole thing? Yeah. I, I just mean, had a smile on my face the whole time reading Minions number it was one. Entertaining. It was so bright and colorful, and then there's a find your banana. Find how you many bananas on, can you on find? Instagram, did you? Yeah, I have both a picture of the first layout and the banana picture on Instagram, at Sunspots Comics on Instagram and Twitter. And it's just a bazillion drawings of a bazillion. Yeah, I think I found like <laughs> like ten. Like, there's so many bananas in that thing. <laughs> it's, it's bananas. Yeah. So that's the number four. Number three is uh, actually came out last week. So apologies, but it made the top five. It was by Image Comics. Starve. Brian Wood, who writes everything. Uh, Danjel Zezej. I can't even pronounce that. And Dave Stewart. Thank goodness the third one's easy. With Clayton Cowles and Steve Wands. Starve by Image Comics. Number one. What did you think of this? I didn't think you thought um, that much of it, but I, I, it was very hard for me to finish. I, um, I didn't too much like the art. Uh, it's very dark. Yeah, very dark. Like the, um, the the colors were kind of cool. How they used the colors for the backgrounds, with lots of blues and greens. But I couldn't Grace, stick with the story. Yeah. I, I just it didn't grab me. So I, I don't know. This is all you. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, this this fifty five year old guy that is sort of hiding out from finishing this TV show called Starve. It's way in the future. The future, of course, looks bleak. No one ever really, an image, draws a real, like, beautiful, yeah, happy, nice happy future. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> the future's just messed up in every image comic. Setting is usually pretty And that's bad this. But people really love this food show, Starve, and he goes into hiding. He had to give all his money away to his wife. He has a kid that he's estranged to, a daughter, and he, he does want to repair that relationship. So that... that Taps on the heartstrings a little for me because he knows he's a screw up, but at the same time he wants to make this relationship with his daughter better, and he is told that contractually he has to finish eight more episodes of Starve, and he's kind of run out of money partying, and he steps into this world again as he was hiding out in in Asia and Japan, I think it was. I think it was yeah Asia. Yeah, yeah Southeast, Southeast Asia, Asia somewhere is the way they they started out. And he's got to kind of get his crap together, get things back in order, and get back on this show, and get a shave and a haircut. And there's this, his, 
arch nemesis that took over the show that's just complete jerk and he steps on st- and they bring out a dog for him to cook and that's the challenge of the show yeah, is that I, he has to I read to- that part that part was pretty messed <laughs> that's up that's messed up yeah it was a jaw dropping I was like wow I haven't seen that before when was the last time I and saw and, and the last panel of the last page Again, spoilers. it's him eating it like- yeah and he's like, with that eating it, though, and that determination of, I'm going to fix my life, I'm going to get my daughter back, and I'm going to finish this show and burn the place to the ground. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Eating a dog at the same time. It's very messed up. But. Shocking, messed up, a little different. It's weird. There's stuff in here I haven't seen before. So it made it the good. number three pick. Uh, it was the, it was good in your opinion, but I, I couldn't finish it. In yeah. There. So. And number two. Two number I liked. That was, two. That was really good. Image Comics. Remender, Tocini, Low, number seven. This starts a new arc for Low. Arc one, in a nutshell, was pretty heavy. Do you remember the arc of number the, yeah. the first six issues of Low? I, I do remember. Um, it was it was about the the sun kind of cooking the earth, and so it was very very hot. So they all yeah. retreated to underwater cities, the depths of the ocean. Kind of like Bioshock, if you remember that game. Yeah, had that feel to it. The art they love orange. There's just so much orange, which orange, you don't see. Greens, blues, and red. It was very There's colorful. A lot of orange. Very good so art. Colorful. You could just, I mean, any of these pictures here just seemed like beautiful works of art you want to hang in, on the wall. Including the, from what I remember of the first arc, there was a lot of boobs in this. There's nudity, and, <laughs> and, and there's adult language. It's very adult. Yeah. But the end of the arc, in a nutshell, the first arc was, yeah, this world destroyed this family, this this awesome, loving, tight family, uh, gets pulled apart by a dictator that wants to run these small cities, these underwater cities, and they battle the guy, and he kidnaps the daughter and kills the father. And so the mother and son, whose son is like a jerk, kind of a drug addict. Remember that guy? He was like, yeah. just, she had to drag the son to go get the daughter that had been kidnapped. Yeah. And it took her years to find her daughter because the daughter was a little girl. She finds the daughter. She's like in her 20s and brainwashed by this evil villain. So they take this mech suit that the father made, and they try to battle this evil bad guy. And ultimately, they... They um, they save the day. The daughter jumps into the mech suit, takes care of business, and takes the mech suit in search of another sibling. She claims to have a twin sister. So she's off and about. The son doesn't make it in this battle. But the new arc begins with now she's Dating, like this. So she's a lesbian-ish. I don't know. In this future, too, they sort of, uh, there's really no definition. It seems like everybody's okay. kind of with everyone in this well, in this. Yeah, she's with this girl who's painting something, and she kind of comes in and is like, "What are you doing? Like, you why are you be, painting? You can't be painting stuff. Painting's against the law. Art's against the law. So Something now like she's that. this like in this regime where they where their job is to stop artists because they believe it's poisoning the minds of this little society. So what's going on here? They jump right into this. You don't get yeah, a lot was, of it was, it was explanation in this world right off the bat. Yeah. So that's how. She, and I won't really go too far into that, but that's what. Now she has these these questions. Is she should she be doing this? Um, should she be in this regime that is this Nazi like regime that's responsible for destroying art? And her girlfriend is a, is a hidden artist, so that comes to blows. And some of the blues and and the the bleeding lines of this and the mixture of watercolor, it's just beautiful. Yeah, and that's good. why it made the number very two. Very good art. That was uh, even though I didn't really know what was going on in the story, I enjoyed crazy. it just because the, the art was really good. And the number one pick of the week is Image Comics. Empty Zone, number one. Written and drawn by Jason Sean Alexander. So this must have taken him forever. Because looking at the art, it's yeah, so detailed. It's very good. Just uh, kind of the watercolor style, like low, but um, a lot more detailed um, in certain areas with like, you know, the main character has this robotic arm, and the robotic arm has so much detail with just like the the gears yeah. and like everything and rust and <clears throat> very very good detailed art, very dark, um, you know, shades, all that kind of stuff. So Empty Zone right off the bat reminded me of like the Matrix and Blade Runner, and just a, a dark Again, sci-fi a, a story, dystopian Jack yeah, future. Yeah. There you go, image. They have no <laughs> no it optimism like a very to the future. Reoccurring uh, you know, theme and image theme, creator yeah, own stuff. Image. <laughs> well, it's a sci-fi story that begins with this character with this robotic arm, and she's having some weird flashbacks. Can't the, sleep. And so did you did like you get a feel in the first few panels like it was like the Fifth Element? How, yeah. how she's in that room and she has that door knob that has a screen through yeah. the doorknob, and there's I felt like it was Fifth Element 
at the beginning part. Yeah, there's some futuristic aspects to it that was, you know, kind of tingled my tech, whatever, you know. So it was, uh... <laughs> so it was, it Your was, tech parts? Yeah, my anyway. tech parts. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it's the art is beautiful. The eye, the eye lines, the, the, the facial expressions, just so well done. And she's having this weird vision, so it is a... a you don't really quite know what's going on, but it's beautifully drawn. The way that they splatter, there's like a sort of a Jackson Pollock-esque splattering, oh, yeah, of paint and and Salvador Lame like kind of twisted, nightmarish-looking yeah. scenery. And it's uh, it's dark, it's twisted, but it's beautiful. And they go from the snow to the the deep underground of this dystopian future to the character. Yeah, the, the story there, there was um, I, I didn't really get a very like good hint at what the story is mm-hmm. in this but uh, she's obviously some sort of mercenary and like she pays she gets paid to kill people and, and she's sort of maybe out of it but yeah. then someone's trying to find her and you don't really know why and there's this crazy robot with like a, a screen that has a little mad teddy bear face on yeah, it <laughs> mad teddy bear pol- <laughs> I thought what that was, was weird panda bear right yeah like a little panda bear yeah. and it's green but this evil death robot yeah yeah, it it was good. Uh, the art art was very good. Uh, you agreed with me on yeah, the pick we, of the week, we, right? Yeah, we definitely agreed with this. This was number one out of the, out of everything. out of the five. Yeah, and it just is an, a great introduction into a series that you just—it's a mystery. You want to know what's happening. Why is she having these visions? Who's but, chasing yeah, after her? Definitely, you want to. It definitely leaves you with like a kind of like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I like, want more of this. And yeah. that's when you, I felt, wow, that's why it's the number one pick. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. Very long show. That's one of your <laughs> longest shows. That's the longest. We're over an hour. But thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this inspires you to buy some comic books. The pick of the weeks. These pick of the weeks. I mean, this this five. Was yeah, this is, this is uh, the first five I've read all of them. And uh, there were some definitely some good ones in there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the top two were definitely my top two. And uh, it was good. It was excellent. Well, thanks again. And please check out sunspotscomics.com when you get a chance. It's going to be updated soon with some new content. And please follow me at sunspotscomics on Twitter and on the Instagram. But thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, we appreciate it. And don't forget, have fun storming the castle.